0: The Times uh, kind of admits to um, picking their own um, their own what they think defines a bestseller and they'll have like like people will stack the deck too. so if there's like a little dagger next to it, right. that's when they think that maybe someone is like you know jiggered with the numbers because people will go out and buy like 10,000 copies. You mean like Don Jr. does?
1: Yes, like Don <laughs> Jr. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: really <laughs> common. It's really yeah. common. It's common with fiction. It's common with like all these different... Like, He's, now promo-
1: He's now promoting himself as the number, as a uh, New York Times number one bestselling author.
0: I mean, when I think literary greatness, I think Don Jr. I know, Don I know.
1: It's hard, it's hard to imagine
2: anyway. You supplanted Sarah Palin as my favorite, writer. Oh I, think. I
0: bet I bet she had more people actually buying her book though. She probably did. But I still she remember was a genuine like phenomenon. Two
2: weeks after she was like done on the New York Times bestseller list, I was at an airport and I saw her book on a remaindered pile of the air for like a buck. So <laughs> uh, you never know. I almost bought it. I almost bought it.
0: It's an airport buy, sure.
2: Yeah, I kind of regret that I didn't. I did buy my dad. We'll get into movies in a minute. It's so funny. I'm still on these mailing lists. Um, I bought my dad. Do you remember Sarah Palin had a T-shirt that was a kind of pastiche of the old Rosie the Riveter thing with the.
0: Yes, I do remember that. Yeah.
2: And I can't remember what the slogan was, but it was hilariously stupid, and I, I bought it was probably
0: one. Probably
2: you betcha. Yeah, I think it was, and I, I bought one. <laughs> was her my thing. Dad. They had one. They had one of my dad's size. He's he's six five, and so now I bought him a uh, Sarah Palin T-shirt. And I got on a mailing list, and I refuse to take myself off it because uh, somewhere somebody is looking at my email, and they're very confused by the fact that I'm. Still- oh yeah,
0: I, I check the the spam folder. I check all of the stuff that gets sorted because i I'm, I'm I'm constantly amazed at who the internet thinks I am.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's people out there spending money trying to figure out what you're going to do based on what list you're on. So I think it's,
0: I know. And I, this is why I actually don't worry too much about data collection in terms of, of like what nefarious thing that marketers are doing, because it's like they have all this information and they still have, they cannot draw a bead on anything about me. Yeah. So how, how, how good could it really be?
2: Uh, That may be a
1: special case.
0: I I
2: think we all. I think think it's on every American to be on as many disparate email lists as possible and just shunt them all to spam.
0: Fuck fuck with the algorithms.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Confuse them. This is The Movies That Made Me with your
1: hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante.
2: We're, we're very psyched. We were, um, uh, we we're here with, uh, uh, one of our friends from Chapo Trap House, Amber Frost. Uh, but anyway, Amber, you've, you've got a great, you told me this a while back and I've, I've been dying to do this, uh, not just cause I want to get you on the show, but I love, I love your topic. Um, do you want to tell, right. I don't think we even got to telling Joe last time. So
0: I don't think so. Um, so my favorite kind of movie is, um, or, you know, favorite, whatever that means. But a genre that, like, shows up a lot in my most formative movies are um, protagonists or major characters that are failures and frauds. Uh, They have to be both. Um, (laughs) They have to be, like, a failure. Um, So, in in some way, they have to be, like, a loser. And I've got here, maybe they've ruined their own life. Uh, Maybe they lack ambition. Maybe they're just, like, in a rut. Maybe they never caught a break. Maybe they're spinning their wheels or circumstances or sudden disaster has left them desperate, but their chips have to be down at the beginning. They don't have to end that way, but they have to start out like chips down. And then the fraud part. Okay. So it's not just like any old crook. Like they have to attempt to transcend their failure or at least keep their head above water in some way through dishonesty or some kind of surreptitiousness. Um, So that can be a big coordinated plan, or it could just be like sleazy little things that they do from day to day to keep from like totally collapsing. So like scams, schemes, thrift, hustle, con, that kind of thing.
2: So they can't, they can't start out on top and sink to the bottom. Oh, that's right. Okay.
0: no, Um, No
2: nightmare alley.
0: Right. So like, and then just also like, I don't know, like, um, like the third man's one of my favorite movies and like Harry Lyme is sleazy and surreptitious, but his grift is very successful up until the untimely end. And then, um, but it's a like, bad
1: grift. I mean, he's, he's, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. killing children. I
0: mean, oh, a, oh no. Bad guy. That's the thing is that there's a moral hierarchy of grifts and some of them are terrible. And some of them are like, that's kind of justifiable. Um, or like, um, like I don't include heist movies. Um, oh, okay. Because even, what, even they might
2: shabby heists.
0: They might include like a hustler or con, but a heist is like a grand choreographed like uh, ensemble. Like the hot rock. Thing. Right. So it's right. like um, it's. Uh, I love the mechanical beauty of a good heist movie, but um, it's not a story of. A heist is not a story of frauds, and when it goes wrong, it's not a failure; it's a disaster. So different genre. Um has to be kind of single, single, single person focused or at least a, a couple people. Can't be like a big, we'll get the team together. Totally messes with the, the genre. Um so there's a few subcategories in here, and I'll just like go by that that I've noticed.
2: But One I, no, I obvious- do want to ask before boring into this, is this criteria that you've developed over the years, or is this something that you sort of sort of thinking about in regards to doing the show?
0: Over the years. I love
2: the idea that really, okay.
0: Over the years. This is something that this is a a spiel that I have perfected in many bars, screaming after many drinks, sort of developing the thesis and, uh, you know, observing my patterns, looking for the kind of outliers and, um, you know, exploring my failures and fraud genre. They're just the movies that I that I tend to gravitate towards. Um, So. There's a lot of showbiz failures and frauds movies. Um, and not just because, you know, movie people like making movies about making movies. Um, but I think, like, my big one is probably all about Eve. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: so, first of all, you've got, like, Anne Baxter just milking the ingenue thing to death. Like, uh, so much so that, like, everyone, everyone believes, or even Margot, even... Margo, even the, you know, the gimlet-eyed Betty Davis character who's supposed to see through it all. And they're all like, oh, you know, got everything but the, the bloodhounds nipping at her heels. And, and it's, it's just great because it takes you a while to sort of figure out how nefarious she is. and The fact that she's just some, like, podunk farm girl who's like, I'm going to get out of this one-horse town and I'm going to run this con, and she's just so evil. And everyone, everyone buys it. Um, it's also got like just great dialogue. Great, that snappy kind of era of dialogue. Has like, it's not the first, but it's like maybe the second or third Marilyn Monroe. It's just mm-hmm. this little role as like an aspiring starlet. And she's so funny. And I know that's like a very like, it's a very like, oh, my favorite season is autumn. Or like, you know, a Die Hard's a Christmas movie kind of observation. But she really had <laughs> such comedic chops. And the whole, like, uh, sense of herself as, like, a as a comedy bimbo. She's, like, just a very good, like, detail. And, oh, why do they all look like scared rabbits? You know? Like, to throw her in there for that before she was really anything. And everyone has good lines. Um, and uh, that's also how you sort of figure out that Anne Baxter is evil. Because she has no sense of humor. She's, like, the only one in the whole movie that doesn't have, like, a quip or, like, a, you know, she has no banter or bon mots or whatever she's doing this all i believe in is the theater and you're like oh bullshit and you just hate her so much by the end she's not a sympathetic sympathetic con woman at all but it's it's fantastic and it's also it's one of my favorite kind of it's really kind of and i, I don't mean this you know in a, in a preachy way but it's kind of feminist too because the women figure out that this woman is like a grifter and she's she's got you know this she's, they're like something's not right about her story there's something bullshit about this and then they figure out what she goes after like Eddie Davis's man finally the men sort of figure it out but first it's just the women are like I don't I don't trust her and all the men are like oh you know those girls they're all so competitive they like, they couldn't possibly you know have any real objection to one another. This is all just petty girl stuff. And it's like, no, she's evil. Anne Baxter is so evil. She's so yeah, But good you know it. the
1: the Celeste Holm character buys into it for longer than she does. But she's the
0: goody two shows. And when she finally gets it, she's like, oh shit. Um <laughs> especially because she's supposed to be marco's like you know biggest advocate. So it's sort of tragic but it ends it's great. And then you've got like I mean it's cliched like Sunset Boulevard. So I'm not going to even put that one. But um the producers, another great mm. Hollywood, and that one's got the it flips it because these people are failures at being failures. Fail yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great. And it's got like um, it's like it's like the best kind of Gene Wilder role where he's like this very like suppressed, quiet, genteel person who is like bubbling with rage and anxiety and explodes off and on. It's got um
2: Zeromuszel so sweaty in that movie. I always think of just the way his hair is his comb over is plastered to his balding head. And
0: it's, it's, Mostel you can in this is, smell him. Also, interesting thing about him, he was brought up very early, like pre pre Huac, um, to like name names, because he he drew like cartoons for like the Daily Worker, like little little funny comedy cartoons, and he was blacklisted like before the blacklist. So it was sort of, I, like, I think it was actually like Ilya Kazan like put him in his first like movie yeah, afterwards. In
1: Panic in the Streets. He, yeah, he was, it
0: must have been. Oh, that's like, right.
1: Yeah, He yeah, was yeah. a real
0: gentleman about it too. They were like, do you have any problems working with Ilya Kazan? He's like, no, um, I don't blacklist people. Just like very, <laughs> very gentlemanly way of putting it. But it's so fucking funny. And it's, it's, it's my favorite kind of like Mel Brooks thing where he gets to do the whole sing and dance thing. It's got the great, it's just the great use of Gene Wilder where he's just freaking out and then like repressed. I think it might have been, it might have been Mel Brooks when they asked him like, oh, so what's like Gene Wilder like to work with? And he's like, he's, he says something like, I'm paraphrasing, like he's a darling man. He's the angriest man I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. So I think all that like repressed like thing is, is sort of real for him. And it's just funny. And then there's, you know, there's, there's other stuff pre that, like The Music Man. I was obsessed with The Music Man, which when you look back, no one, almost no one can sing in that movie. As far as gold era, like, musicals go, it's like, a lot of this is just talking. <laughs> but it's a good, it's a good grift, because in the end, like, the grift works, and like, it's like, a, he's redeemed or something like that. So there's a ton of that.
2: Well, that, that is of, one of the, um, uh, I'm not a big, we're talking about the show, like, I just, musicals is not my genre, but there are a few that I make well, I, I know, yes. Correct that. Uh, No to our listener, she's rolling her eyes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> jo- Joe is just shaking his head. But, but yeah, The Music Man is one I love. It's uh, that, um, My Fair Lady, there's a couple of others. Uh,
0: about like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. What about, uh, I've, boys I've usually like that one because it's I've really athletic.
1: It. I've never seen it. I never much I never liked that one. Oh but my uh, God, Bandwagon, really? now that's a movie. Bandwagon, uh, yeah, I,
2: I got turned out of, uh, Ileana Douglas turned me out of the Bandwagon on this show and I,
1: I quite enjoyed it.
0: I think it's like a, it's about what you go into it for with musicals. Like for me, it's like, I mean, first of all, like a lot of the golden era stuff was just like really beautifully made. Even the dumb stuff that all had the same like plot where it was just like, you know, I know we'll put on a show. Like, you know, like that's, that's the same thing. Everything. They're going to save the orphanage or whatever by putting on the show, but they're, they're, they're great. They're really digestible. But if you go into it for like songs, you want, there are ones that you prefer if you if you want like an actual well-written movie there's other ones if there's if you like choreography go for like seven brides or seven brothers but whatever if you're not into any of those things i can see how musicals i'm working might not be for you well
1: when i was a kid i was i was always annoyed that they stopped the story to sing and uh, <laughs> you know that was the big the big problem with the wizard of oz which i saw in a theater uh, at a kiddie matinee when i was a kid And it was a wonderful movie, but they kept stopping and singing. And I couldn't figure out why. Now, later, obviously, I've come to realize what the genre means and how it's supposed to work. But at the time, it was just, it was like love scenes. It's like, what's that? What's that doing there? Why aren't they they hitting somebody?
0: Well, that, I that, like that the may idea be... that in a movie as surreal as The Wizard of Oz, you're like, you're really taking me out of it with this singing and dancing. I was looking at the <laughs> flying monkeys, and I was trying to pay attention to that, but suddenly they're singing. I mean, like, totally no threw me off.
2: How do they know the words? Yeah, the yeah. Idea, I think the ones maybe may, may have come from, because early on, he you has know, a huge Marx Brothers fan, and there
1: are those... Well, relatively that's, that's a, really that's, a that's a that's a terrible example yeah when they, they those, have that that really does stop the story there's
2: always that sappy couple who you know i don't give a shit
1: push them off the boat forgot. that's falberg that's that's yeah. he's
0: he, sure. but that's he sure. wanted
1: to make them into a big you know uh mainstream hits and their paramount wa- pictures weren't that successful
2: what the hell okay but I mean they were in spite of those scenes, not because of them,
1: but they didn't make as much money and they didn't play as many places. and you got the MGM gloss, you know But I mean,
2: has MGM anybody theaters. of those of those later films has anybody ever said like, oh, now they've got it right now they're
1: oh, you- only with the night at the opera thats what? that's that's the only one wrote
0: which one the couple. which one did um did did Groucher sing uh, Lydia, the tattooed lady and
2: does he, I don't think he does that in a movie, does he? I, I
1: think, he think that's is. really early. I think that's. Yeah. One of the, like, I think you know, that's
0: when they were just like, let's do a stage show, and it'll be a movie. And it took for a while where they're like, okay, we need a, we need a. Yeah, it was coconuts and, and, yeah. and uh,
1: animal crackers. Those were yeah. all stage shows, and they were photographed pretty much like stage shows.
0: Right, right.
2: I was at a um, wedding many years ago, and there was a, a young woman sitting across the table from us, and she was a friend of her name. I found out her name was Lydia, and I started singing Lydia, <laughs> Lydia. And it just annoyed the shit out of her.
1: It's <laughs> a well, great the, the song. rhyme. The rhyme is so great, though. Lydia. It is. Lydia, Lydia, it's Lydia the encyclopedia. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, with Lydia. Lydia, Lydia, the tattoo. Lydia. It's really
0: good. And it's a little <laughs> she was bit dirty. Just like, She
2: was like, You think I haven't heard that before? I was like, I don't know. You're like 30. How do I know?
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like I, I don't think a lot of 30 year olds know that song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But
2: I guess if you're named Lydia. You know, I probably know Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho better than most people. It's, uh,
0: <laughs> there's no good songs with Amber in it. Uh uh, so yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I had a note here that it's like, I guess a lot of these movies are are pretty old, but they were formative for me very early on. Because I only had one. Um, like wherever I lived, it was it tended to be small towns and moved around a lot, but there was like one like family video place and we basically ran out of movies there so we're going to the library to like get vhs tapes which the library of course has like really old movies right and because of that too i would have to also pick stuff out based on a card catalog description because there's no picture or poster Mm. or anything so this entire relationship that people have with like Uh like that rental era that people my age I don't have, which I realize. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think uh my friend Matt was talking about, he's like, I saw so many movies that I never would have watched on purpose that I'm so glad I did just because they had cool cover art.
2: Yeah. And there's a great book of like cheesy VHS covers. Um, I can't remember the title of it, but yeah, it's so much it's it's it is sort of uh you know instant Proustian. Uh, flashback yeah. when I go to it because and half the movies I'd never seen but always wanted to and you know, right
0: they- even though like especially by that time there was I mean they, they're they just like trying to make the best poster or the best cover possible that may have absolutely nothing to do with the movie yeah. which is my favorite it's my favorite thing where they're like look we got a star that's in this movie for eight minutes and we're gonna you know just Play a little fast and loose with what might be a good uh, image representation of the content of this movie. Joe,
2: Joe's worked with a guy who was pretty good at that. <laughs> you are talking about Mr. Corbin? Mr. Corbin was the king of... Uh...
1: Well, he, but he, he came up in an era where they were, the poster was what was designed first. Yeah. That was what was going to get people into the theater. And then the company would go out and they'd show the poster to people and get reactions. And then they'd
0: decide whether to make the movie or not. I think it's awesome. Well, speaking of algorithms, um, now that Netflix is the big thing, they don't use any of the movie posters. They'll take right. like a still and it shapes yeah. differently. And I learned that they show, they show like according to your taste, they pick different images of the movie. So they're like, okay, well, you know, you you watched you know, Clueless and Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. So if I'm going to try and get you to watch uh, Little Women, the image they're going to use for that is going to be a bunch of girls giggling together. Um, but if you watch, you know, a bunch of, like, period dramas, I'm going to show, you know, a, a, a whatever, like, a, a bunch of women in, in period costumes or Beth dying, or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's. Uh, that, I didn't realize clever. that, but the
2: actual, the art as well, or like the, the stills, that's crazy. That's stills, a lot of yeah. trouble
1: to go to. But what do you expect from a company that, you know, has, dubs everything in Serbo-Croatian? You know, I mean, they've got so many units and so many- They don't do it personally, Joe. I mean, literally, in, in Hollywood, almost every other building now says Netflix. on
0: Yeah, it's They insane. have taken
1: over everything.
0: Yeah. I, I just think it's baffling that no one, like that their books are so closed. There is like, a, like no one knows like how, how who's watching what. It's super weird how secretive they're allowed to be, and I don't know. I w- I want to know. I want to sneak in and take a look at those books. But apparently, you like have to sign like a super intense NDA to work there, where you don't say anything about anything. Well,
2: they do every now some, and then. Some, oh, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Uh, there there was some SNL sketch that was actually sort of funny where they were like, Netflix's business model is making, um, a sh- like a show that only one person watches for every single person with a Netflix account. <laughs> they can't possibly be turning a profit.
1: And they've got I, so much money. I, I, so I don't much. get it.
2: And then every now and then they'll tell you something. I guess the new... I just read the... Um, excuse me. The uh, the new Zack Snyder film is like their top one of their top 10 most watched movie. They've, they've announced that. They won't tell you how many people are that means
1: or people with four hours to spare you know there's some no 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 the the zombie one
2: uh, um <laughs> oh the new one army army that's army army. four hours no that spare. one's two that one's two and a half hours oh yeah uh, uh having having sat through it
0: <laughs> we need like a six month long moratorium on on movies over like an hour and a half just just for a while just for a while so everyone can dry out for a little bit <laughs> have a little exercise in brevity and then we could go back and slowly introduce like. go 15 minutes more 15 minutes more
2: yeah now the correct answer to any movie when someone tells you about it and they say what is it about you say it's about 90 minutes that's the right right answer to that question
0: all right i can do that yes i can do that um let's see here uh okay uh so another genre of failure and fraud the um cynical bible salesman which covers a lot um That sounds very specific, but there's a ton of them. You've got like, you know, uh, Paper Moon and uh, There Will Be Blood and, you know, uh, um, John Goodman and No Brother Art Thou, which is a whole bunch of different frauds. Oh, that's right. Um, Amazing, very short performance. But the one I pick is uh, Night of the Hunter Mm. Um, because I am still scared of Robert Mitchum to this day.
2: I's he a um, loser though is he uh, he's a uh, is he a failure? I guess he's
0: well he's, he's a, he he's escaped to jail like he's a, he's he he, he was down on his luck i would say yeah, yeah,
2: but these are things one can be and still be a raving success, Joe
0: <laughs> I don't know if you could really say he made it at any point. <laughs> like he never really and the main thing is is like from the beginning, he was already like down on his luck, which yeah. is my thing, but he's also like one of the scariest, most psychotic, like just villains in like, like movie history. And I, I think I had a boyfriend have me watch it. And I was like, all right, fine. Uh, and I was like, oh my God. And then like all the, it's like an American German expressionist movie, like the sets and the geometry and the shadows and everything is so menacing. And, like, you know, the, 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 the love-hate monologue thing is, like, repeated to, to death. And, as, you know, it's been referenced in other movies, obviously. But, like, it is so good. Yeah. Um, and, like, when you see it, it's, like, very stirring. But when, like, I still, like, have this thing of, like, when he's going down into the basement, he's doing the, I could feel myself getting awful bad. Now I'm, like, oh, my God. <laughs> this, this is the most terrifying man on Earth. Um. And then, yeah, I just I love I love a, a I love a big stylized soundstage in black and white where they mm. do weird shadow projections and like cool looks. That's yeah, it's like German yeah. expressionist American gothic. Why
2: I I'm sure I know this show. And I'm just wondering why didn't Lawton direct again, Joe?
1: Because the picture was an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, it got terrible reviews. No one Did it really.
0: Yeah. No one liked it. And he it. was
1: working on another movie. He was working on The Naked and the Dead. He was going to make that as his next picture. And he just was so demoralized that he just said, I can't do this anymore.
2: Yeah, God. Yeah, I guess I'd, I just, I'd, I'd, I'd traumatically erase that. Yeah, Imagine making that movie and having that response. You'd...
0: Yeah. would the 50s. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, because, you know, I had this, this criticism of religion, I think religious groups also, like, basically, yeah. like, scared people away from seeing it at the time. Yeah, which is so first. funny because you like if you're watching that as a religious person and you're like you're like see anything about like Robert Mitchum and you're like well that hits a little too close to hell <laughs> like,
1: Well, oh, yeah but the heroine of the movie is is Lillian Gish and she's very religious
0: yeah she's super religious so, I Yeah, mean, it's,
1: it's a very moral movie I think.
0: yeah yeah um it's. I mean, it's like literally biblical. Like they go into the, you know this whole you know Moses in the basket metaphor thing, and it's 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 just great. Um, and I watched it over and over again, and it still it still scares me. Um. So uh, this, the, uh, there's a lot of detective movies, obviously, that are like there's very few movies where you're like, oh, this is a movie where there's a private eye, but he's really successful. Usually they're. They're um, you know down and out and 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 their job by its very nature is kind of a con. It involves lying to get into places, figure things out. Um, it is in some ways just sort of a hustle. So there's like a there's a lot of them. Um, I'm
2: trying to think I,
0: who is there's got there's there's gotta be. Are there any a, a successful PI? Yeah, they're all they're in television. Is the thing they'll have successful PIs in in TV shows, um, but in in a movie, you wanna you wanna see a detective like, you know, uh rolling out of a Murphy bed and right. like, you know, knocking all the On TV.
2: The, I mean, who's the, the best? Ball. I'm sure we're all gonna say this. Hey, who's the who's the greatest PI in TV? It's it's Magnum. What? He lives in a guest. Got it house. In the title. <laughs> he lives he lives in a guest. <laughs> house. I was gonna go with Rockford Files, Joe, but How I
0: was uh before
2: <laughs> your time. But he lives in a trailer on the but on the beach. I mean, I can't think of
1: too many yeah,
2: it's interesting.
0: I, how, how, did, how was Colombo's bank account doing? Well, he, My, only,
1: he, he only could afford one trench coat. So I, I don't right. know. He's, a
2: he's not He's a PI. He's not a he's
0: Right, right, right. But he was always doing investigations. That was mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's great. But we don't, we don't like to see, I guess, for some reason. We, we want our detectives to be um, a little bit in the gutter.
2: No yeah, yeah. Why is that's interesting? I, I never, I've never. Because they're in the it's just more
0: likable, but they yeah, yeah. play, yeah.
1: you know. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but obviously, I've talked about this with Josh. For my favorite, there is uh, the long goodbye, the Altman yes. long goodbye. Um,
2: but he doesn't scam anyone.
0: Uh, he lies a little bit. He li- he lies to get into places. Right? Yeah, that's okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you could argue that to some degree. An amount of uh of private investigation is sort of a scam um but that's more of a whatever um but this was also like the first time I saw it was is it playing on some like Sunday movie thing um and I had never seen I was at my grandparents and I had never seen like a like a Robert Altman movie and I was like, I can't fucking understand what anyone's saying. What is the, like, like, I didn't get the dialogue thing yet. And if that's the first time you hear that, I'm like, what is going on? What is with all this mumbling? Everyone's talking over each other. <laughs> and it sort of takes you a minute to, like, get into the rhythm of it. Um, and then with also, like, the voiceovers and, and like, the, with Elliot Gould's voiceovers, then you watch it. It makes more and more sense as you get older. Um, and, uh I, f- I remember the cinematographer we were trying to uh, think of. Vilmos Sigmund. Oh, Vilmos, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean,
2: yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and it just, it, it looks beautiful, and it's it's like, I like cool-looking movies, <laughs> and he just looks cool. Like, from the second he wakes up in the bed of the suit, and he's all, like, the shirt is all messed up, and it's just cool. And he is so cool like elliot gould, like more than the than the the, the bogart marlo he's like the bet my dog by the way is named Marlowe. um and people are like oh true philip marlo i'm like yeah the elliot gould and philip Marlowe, specifically specifically yes and um and i think there was like one adjusting to like the the kind of like the, the altman dialogue stuff but two i was like oh this is like a this is like a parody of the genre, a comment on the genre, which is not something I got at the time, the first time I saw it. It's just like, this is the coolest looking movie once I start to understand what these people are saying. Um, and it's interesting to have him as a character that, like, kind of embarrassed about being like this person out of time. Like, he, he looks mm-hmm. a little bit sheepish for being this kind of, you know, secretly, kind of, not secretly, but. You know, noble like person. Like he feels like his values have like you know have, have been swept away. And it's like, why? Why is anyone this kind of person anymore? Why is there? Why is there any? What's the point of nobility? You're just like living next to these naked chicks doing yoga. Like that time is past. And he, and he feels like very anachronistic, and his values feel very anachronistic. But at the same time, he's all like '70s cool groovy, and and he's, never, um, and he's
1: completely unimpressed with everybody.
0: Yeah. And unimpressed with themselves. He's just like, ah, I'm just gonna keep going. And the yeah, the kind of I don't know, the, the like it's a it's not snide, but he's constantly smirking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, this is ridiculous. Even when it, terrible things are happening. Um, like we we're talking about the um the the Mark Rydell scene where you know Marty with the with the bottle. Yeah um he says
1: I, he hits I, his girlfriend with the bottle and, and he says to his sister marlo and uh, her i love and you i don't even like
0: i don't even like. <laughs> yeah and the thing is they've done that scene in a million other movies since i think this is the first time where you had this guy who's like this is a this is a beautiful thing i love watch me destroy it show you how fucking crazy i am and with all of those every every time i see that you see it coming this is the first time i like never saw it coming and it's shocking. It's like truly shocking, like how like violent and severe it is, and how just like malicious and menacing this man is. And it's like one of the few times when like you know, when Barlow was like, "Jesus Christ, because he's so unimpressed with everything, and this one moment he's like, this is horrifying, and it really it really like hits very hard,
2: um, yeah kind breaks yeah. through his facade and um uh, Yeah, I remember, I I don't know if I've told the story on the show, but uh, years ago, I um, uh, lived in this house with a bunch of people, and one of them was an an older actor who somehow had some connection to Rydell, and Rydell was at some event, and he invited me to go with him, and he was like, but don't embarrass me, because he knew that, you know, when I think Mark Rydell, I think Long Goodbye and the Cowboys. That's pretty much it. Like, the one with Henry Fonda and Catherine Hepburn, that's that's lovely. It's a wonderful film. It's fun. and, and he goes, don't embarrass me, don't don't talk about that stuff. And he's a serious director, and I went off, and the first thing I did was ask him about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and we spent half the night talking about the Long Goodbye, and the other half talking about the Cowboys, and, and he was great. <laughs> <laughs> he was great.
0: It's an amazing, like, who wouldn't be proud of that moment to to like switch from being like, oh look at this sleazy piece of shit, to oh my god, this man is a violent psychopathic terrorist. Yeah, it's
2: an amazing performance. It's
0: yeah, uh, it's and also so like I've said this before, like both with like Marilyn Monroe, and you see this very early thing, when you see see Arnold, you're like, God, that guy's a star. Like, (laughs) he really is. He had real charisma.
2: But to be fair, Um, he does take his clothes off in the movie and you had never seen that body before. Those
0: bodies didn't exist then.
2: Yeah. And I'm not even
0: into those bodies. I am more, way more, by the way, Elliot Gould, very sexually formative for me. Way (laughs) more into a 70s style body, which is, um, I think built on like cigarettes and a lot of brown liquor. Right. Somehow still sort of fit. Right. Um, but when you see his body, it's like startling. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they just didn't make them like that. No, it, like, was the fir- it was the first. It was the first. We like never, never saw yeah, that yeah. body. Although, yeah. actually,
2: but not entirely true. There was um, Bronson. In Pumping Iron, we saw it. Yeah, we'd seen that. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. I, re- I remember uh, as a kid going out to see Chato's Land with Charles Bronson, where he plays. a, uh, in uh, India, the Native American who kills a guy, guy has it coming, and then the whole movie is a posse chasing him. And he picks them off one by one. And at the end of the movie, Bronson shows up on a horse and he's just wearing a loincloth. And you're like, holy shit. Look yeah, at yeah. It, he's it, it's made kind as of the, an action figure. It's the proto Schwarzenegger kind of body. Yeah. But they were not the norm.
0: I think, other than that, it was like, it was just like this. It, I mean, there's pumping iron, but it was like, this is like a weird. Like Charles Atlas, like, you know, is like a super a sub-culture. subculture of muscularity. Yeah. It wasn't just they're like, mutants. Yeah. Yeah. They are and, mutants. And
2: here he is in a quote unquote real world. And and now everybody now comedians have that body, which I find immensely disturbing.
0: I find it disturbing when I walk by one on the street. They're yeah. not I guess it's also like when you see like a like a runway model in person and you're like, oh, you're like a beautiful praying mantis. Like they look so strange. <laughs> But on the screen, you kind of get it. But then if you see them in person, it's like startling. You're like, oh, you're not built like a normal person.
2: Yeah. I just Um, know, that. like, if Woody Allen were 35 today, he'd be buff. And that's just too creepy. I can't. Would he? Yeah, he would. He would. They all are. It's just disturbing. It wouldn't
0: do anything for him. Uh,
2: (laughs) By the way, shout out to Jack Black. I think he's the last man standing. And I'm I'm sure the next time you see him in something, he'll be buff. But
0: Oh, yeah. I knew it was getting bad when... uh, Jonah Hill got skinny. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing, man? You were fine. That was your thing. Yeah. Who are we going to... Like, who are we going to...
1: I mean, it's healthy. We, now.
0: we have to have those bodies for movies. Where are we going to get them?
2: It's true. He is probably healthier. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you.
0: I'm with you. Probably. But I don't know. Was he really that big? He got like skinny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It was, it was... He got unrecognizable with what he did.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you have to think is gonna like hurt your career.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Imagine
2: the joy of that phone call, you know, when your agents call you up and like, ah, Jonah, you're going you you need to put it back on.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah.
2: That's the best phone call you could get. <laughs>
1: call De Niro. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, um, I think it was like Pat and Oswald talked about like being at some awards thing and uh and he was like trying to lose weight to get into a suit or something. And he ran into, like, Brian Dennehy in, like, the buffet line. And he looks at him and he goes, he's, like, piling food on him. And, like, Brian Dennehy looks at Pat and also goes, character actors. Am I right? And I was like, <laughs> yes, that's the joy. That's the joy of yes. it. Yes.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
0: this is also uh, one of the answers I give to if, when people ask me, oh, what would you do if someone who would you want to play you if someone optioned your book? And I'm like, Brian Denny or I walk, but he's dead, but I can't. (laughs) But I was like, it's either that. And then I switched it to, um, I forget who I switched it to. I have a few different dumb joke answers. Uh, but yeah, I always, I always pick an an older, heavier man. Uh, (laughs) um, And, uh, well, anyway, the the, the movie, I just love it. I love the the satire of noir. I love, in the California sunshine, I think, like, you know, Gould is just, like, dripping with, like, charisma. I love this, like, kind of, like, you know, he's, like, a cool, smirky, like, yeah, what are we doing here? Like, but he also has nobility, and it just looks cool. The movie just looks cool. Everything looks cool in it.
2: Hey, um, I want to take advantage of this moment to pause for one second and tell you a couple things. First of all, Kino Lorber uh, has just come out with a fantastic new uh, Blu-ray, I believe it's 4K, of The Long Goodbye that looks phenomenal, is loaded with all kinds of stuff. And really the reason I'm telling you about it is because one of the things it's got is my *Trailers from Hell commentary on the film, which is a movie I also love. And while I'm telling you about that, I can also tell you that you can get it, like most of the films, um, if not all of them, that we discussed today with Amber, uh, you can get them at our sponsor, uh, MoviesUnlimited.com, the movie collector's website, who are great fans of our show and great supporters, and have so many of the movies uh, that we talk about here. Obviously, a lot of the films we talk about, or at least some of them, are impossible to find anywhere, but if you can find it somewhere, you can almost certainly find it at MoviesUnlimited.com. Um, And do I really have to go off about how amazing and important and essential hard media is? Uh, You get extras, you get bonus features, director's commentary, deleted scenes, all kinds of goodness. And hey, even sometimes you get trailers from hell commentaries. Um, So buy your favorites at moviesunlimited.com and uh, their prices are great, their choices are endless. You can own the titles you love and enjoy all the bonus features you just don't
1: get anywhere else. So click the Movies Unlimited banner on our website and buy your favorites from hard to find films, imports and more. Go now to moviesunlimited.com, the movie collector's website where shipping is always free on orders over $50. So don't be afraid to spend a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah, but I said like a, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of just broadly general like Cohen Brothers movie that have like failures and frauds. But I, I love the Cohen Brothers specifically for turning um their uh like the most famous and like um you know, sometimes like handsome leading men in Hollywood into absolute buffoons. Mm-hmm. And I have to think that must be a kind of like revenge thing like if you're going to like that must be super fun if you're if you. I think like, it's probably have, like, fun for those character. guys
2: too. I think. Yeah. You know, my, my oh no, they stuff. love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like in, like Brad Pitt does really well at it. I mean, like yeah. it was, it was, it was very good at that stuff. But yeah, they do. They do a lot of failures of frauds. They like people who who fail. Um, but in the um, back to the detective thing, I wanted to throw this in as like a weird one, uh, but who framed Roger Rabbit? Um, so I had it as a kid, for some reason we had a VHS that was given it, given to us by like a neighbor. Mm -hmm. Um, and I watched it obsessively, obviously as a kid for like the, you know, the novelty purposes, which is insane to look at now because it's like, like the, the copyright, you know, how how could we could never do anything that postmodern at this point because it's just like the, like Disney would have you killed like you would never be heard of they would kill your family and your dog if you did that now um, and especially to make a like a movie with like adult themes or whatever that's, that's always, the part
2: that's yeah yeah it's yeah. so, so interesting although they did do uh, what was what was God there was that Spielberg movie that everybody spent two years just breathlessly anticipating and then it was gone in five minutes. Um, Ready Player right.
1: One. Ready Player One.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Or they sort of made all those deals, and and yeah, they all sort of. It was um, yeah. It was just that was kind of like, exhausting. I, actually, I, yeah. I I
0: didn't I didn't even really hate it. Hate it as much as I thought I would. I think I hated like. It's 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 lazy to say you hate the hype, but at some point when a movie is just like mediocre and people have to have very strong opinions about it, yeah. I was like, this is just. I'm like it's fine it's fine. Can we stop talking about this movie? Parts of it look like shit. There's some, there's some decent like, I don't know, funny kind of old Spielberg. But like I'm like, I won't remember this movie. Yeah. And I barely, it's a disposable movie.
2: Yeah, there's sort of moments where you pick out your favorite character from some other movie in the background. That
0: right, matter. right. And um, I guess,
2: because Roger Rabbit predates, oh God, predates CG. That was all weird.
1: It was. That was like state of the art. I mean, Joe, you were yeah. No, it, I've made one of those. And it's, uh, the, I did mine a number of years after. And by then, it was much easier to, to combine live action and animation. But the, uh, the, the, the lens that they had to go to, to for Roger Rabbit, uh, it was really remarkable achievement. I mean, I, I don't personally find the movie very funny.
0: Really? Because, I don't,
1: because I don't think Roger Rabbit is very funny. Always uh, not. But it's, a, it's, an, it's fascinating. <laughs> I, I auditioned for the voice of Roger Rabbit, as a
0: matter of fact. What? Time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Wait, imagine. wait, wait! I can't what? imagine why. What? What? Did. Bob Zemeckis wait, asked not? me to, to, to oh, wow. audition for the voice, so I did. Wow! Uh, but it, but in the end, it's um, it's, an ama- it's an amazing achievement that uh, doesn't didn't really seem to have much of a point to me.
0: See, I think I liked it initially for like the novelty, but when I go back, I'm like, actually, this is kind of a really interesting movie about like the death of cities and public transportation yeah, in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, yeah, and. Love- um, and like, I love Bob Hoskins is a, oh. he's a, he's a, he's a, he, he was a treasure.
2: Yeah. He's uh,
0: also a fellow traveler, very big, big labor voter guy. Um, that's right. but,
2: but if you, if you, um, I'm always like, if people come to LA and they want to know about its history, it's like you watch Chinatown, watch Roger Rabbit. And that's pretty much all you need to know about Los Angeles history.
0: Yeah. Who, yeah. This crazy freeway idea. we got yeah. the best public transportation in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it could have leaned more on the novelty. And I think I appreciated it more when I was like, you know, I loved this, like, as a kid. And I like that the story is really interesting. And I I agree with you, the cartoons are not the funny part. It's more the the lines from, you know, Eddie Valiant, Dolores, and like these, you know, sort of like, you know, dumb blue kind of comedy lines. The book Um, is
1: actually pretty good. That's right. Yeah, who censored who Roger censored Rabbit. Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Oh, I
0: that.
1: yeah, it's yeah. worth reading. It's really it's quite pretty fun.
2: It's it's very
0: good. Um uh but I, I appreciate it more because I was like, there was a period when people were sort of trying to do like, you know, more stylized because I think the, the, the Dick Tracy movie came out afterwards, mm-hmm. and me and my friend Matt were like, let's rewatch that, and we're like, god this is terrible
2: oh no i don't want to hear that i've been sitting on it for i've been thinking about going back to it for months i want to give it it another shot
0: it looks bad oh like it looks bad it looks i'm like i i made that set for a high school play (laughs) um i and like it's all like the primary colors and stuff and it's like actually they had all these cartoons and stuff and roger rabbit but they did like a good job with like garbage in the streets yeah. there's there's dust on the thing like it, like it's it looks like a movie movie yeah. and they didn't have to do that and i think god we also when you figure out how much they spent on dick tracy and the prosthetics are awful it came out <laughs> after Hoffa too so there was no excuse they figured out how to make good prosthetics right. so it's like it's like the, it, this this literally only makes me appreciate like the the technical achievement of who framed Roger Rabbit more, and then oh, also thankfully the person, this is a
2: this is a good episode because we've just ensured that neither Spielberg nor Warren Beatty will come on the show now. So <laughs> it's, it's, um,
0: uh, the
1: guests' opinions are entirely different.
0: Yeah, I, I do, do not represent can. the sponsor or yeah, the show. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was a uh, oh, wait. There's one other thing I was going to say about. It. Oh yeah, uh, thing I also like. I like any movie where I'm still where I'm still scared of the bad guy, where I still shiver. And I I when I was a little kid, when they would drop the the shoe, oh, the, yeah. dip, the little, you know, anthropomorphized yeah. shoe into the dip, I would take the cushions off the couch and hide under them during that scene. That's awful. <laughs> That's I was an so awful scene. Yeah. It's Really intense. Screaming like,
2: for his life. Like, yeah. don't, don't kill me. Don't kill Please me. Please don't they kill
0: me. Drop it a was bit of vat so of intense <laughs> for like a little kid yeah. to like see. And I love that movie, but I literally as like a four-year-old would hide under the cushions yeah. uh, to watch it. it. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd's great. He's terrifying. Yep. Um, uh, so there's like a, also like just sort of a broader like get rich quick kind of thing, which tends to include like a lot of gambling movies. Um, I actually, like, it's, it's it's a cliche millennial thing, New York transplant to LA thing to say, like, I was, I was blown away by Uncut Gems, but I was. Um, I also, like, I went to go see it with my friend Cal at Metrograph, which is a theater I miss going to very, very much. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's always a lot of, like, Disparate kind of previews that come before, and you know the 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 first scene of that is. And Cal's Ethiopian, by the way. So uh, we see like this, you know, Ethiopian, you know, like opal mine, and he's like, "Oh my God, there's a movie! There's a movie about Ethiopians!" It's like I would, I'd like to watch this, and then it like goes into the movie, and we're like, "Oh shit!" And like we were very excited to like actually be surprised by the beginning of a movie for once, and then. I just, I, it had been so long since I had like seen something that actually made me anxious. Like the, the, the actual tension of it didn't feel, um, like really fabricated. At one point, I can't remember if it was me or him, but one of us turned to the other one and just whispered, if someone doesn't kill him soon, my heart is going to explode. Like, it was just, we just spent the whole movie clenched. I think it gave me, like, back pain. Um, And, like, at the end, we were just so relieved when he died because we were just, like, first of all, it was a very humane death for him because his final thoughts were, I won. Right. Because he was so into it. Like, he was so involved. I mean, I thought it was, like, a really good depiction of someone who was, like, a compulsive, like, a gambler, like, an addict more broadly. Because if you've ever, like been around someone who has that, who has a problem like that and are really enjoying themselves while they're destroying themselves, it's so frustrating because you're like, you have to stop. You're, you're falling apart, but they're enjoying it and they cannot hear you. Like it's, it's much easier when they're down and out, but when they're like, you know, on the high of it, it's just like not listening. And that's how he's just like, that's the, that's the really frustrating thing too, because at, at any point he could have, had, he could have told Jed Hirsch, I'm in trouble. Please help me out. I'm in over my head, but he couldn't do it. Right. It was just like a part of this compulsion. So it's so frustrating. Um,
2: yeah, I really, I there's, there's something, it's just a small bit in that film, but I loved it so much because it just has that. I don't know I love, I love this sort of cameo when, um, there was his girlfriend, is it his girlfriend's apartment down, her neighbor is John Amos. And you know, oh. he's got about three lines and two quick scenes, but that's but it's John Amos as you know he's not playing somebody. He's John Amos, you know, the guy from that show. And I
0: didn't even like. And I love that.
2: stuff like that. I love yeah, yeah. love those little touches of, you know, because sometimes John Amos lives down the hall from you in New York,
0: you know? sure. <laughs> and then, um it it was really well cast. I, I I liked the like weird non-traditional casting where they just had mm-hmm. all these weird New York people. I think they were used very well. I think that can be really. Like, think that could be done very like poorly and be kind of cheap, but i think it did i think they did really well with it um and uh and yeah it has it has a really uh, amazing like menacing kind of uh intense rage from pagogosian the armenian Elliot gould if you will <laughs> uh and uh, yeah, I just, it's just, it's just, it was just great. It was like, it, it literally like gave me back pain watching it because I was just so clenched and I was like, please kill him. It's the only way he can end it. Like, and I, and I don't want him to come down from the high. I want him to, you know, you know, if you're like putting down an animal, you feed them all their favorite treats first. So they think they're ha- just having the best day of their life. And he's so excited. It's like, I won. And it's like, he's so far gone. He doesn't see anything but the bat. Um, but along that line, it's not my favorite. Like Gambler movie, mine is uh, California Split. Oh, another, yeah.
1: um, Another mumbling Altman movie.
0: Another mumbling yeah. Altman, which I watched much later because I was like, "Oh, that's his thing." Like, like years later, I'm like, "His thing is just like mumbling." But by it's then, kind I of, kind of figured it out. Got it. It's here not just it. mumbling.
1: I mean, he's very he has his does multi tracks of everything, and then the the mixes are really complicated. Yeah, because there's so yeah, many yeah. different things that have been captured.
0: Well, especially in like one of these like gambling halls, which are not like, like the some of them aren't technically casinos. They're like this weird, the, the weird institutions that exist like just outside of California, and it's they're just like super yeah, well, busy. It's like poker. Yeah, 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 and um, and like that world is just. But I also like that it's. I mean, it's like a buddy comedy too, and they have like really, really great chemistry, and you're following it and it's, it's, it's like very frustrating because you realize there is something like super natural about, um, I mean, it is, it is kind of, it's a little bit like of a supernatural movie, like the way all all these women are um, like all these women have the same name. And I I guess it was like uh, for, it was a reference. Oh, they're all, all these Barbaras that, that, that occur throughout, but you realize like, oh, there is some kind of, blessing or, or gift that Elliot Gould has for gambling that you just really start to believe that he's like touched. And it's very like, it's really frustrating because like, you know, George Steele has got this shitty, shitty life. He's always trying to get out of the office. And like, by the way, his life is not that shitty. He's, He's like writes for it, but like, he feels stuck. He feels like he's in a rut. And, uh, you know, they have this like great adventure and then like you're kind of heartbroken because he does the mature thing and walks away. But I don't know. It's just it's again, it's very cool. I like I, I like cool movies. And I think Altman sort of mastered cool. But it's like got all this texture with the, you know, like the mixes and the sound. And you're just I, I just it's like heartbreaking. I really wanted them to be friends. and you know, he. Be- Friends, irresponsible forever, but obviously, like he doesn't have like this supernatural gambling gift that Elliot Gould seems to have. Um, who is playing a much more chipper character than than he does in, in, in Miller All*, which he does really well. Um, and it looks great. The whole thing looks great. The cars are great. The fashion's great. The fucking shots of the open road are great. The shots of the are great shots of the track are great Do you know how hard it is to be tracks look like shit it is hard to make them look good it's just it's a crowd and there's no space and it's just there's no light there's like i've been to like churchill downs like everything you just look like you're in a parking garage um but everything everything looks very cool um What's the deal?
2: isn't there joe isn't there like a new cut of it or the the right cut finally came oh, out there's
1: like there's varying cuts floating around of uh there, there were there were some some changes made for um music rights which is oh. the the bane of uh that's
0: the big older one older yeah.
1: movies, you yeah. know. well you can't use that song you know yeah, uh, yeah. even though people refer to songs that have been been cut from the movie um and then in order to put, to restore them which can be done you have to pony up the rights for the for the the music that's now gone out of uh, copyright or whatever and, and uh, So much fun. It's very difficult to um I think we, I think the, the new iteration of it is uh, the new Blu-ray is supposed to be complete but I I don't remember. Uh, yeah.
0: There was there was a new one at least maybe 6 months ago that was available for something. Yeah, I think that's the, the yeah. right. Uh, Looks yeah. good. Sounds great. I can't remember although my like whole like the only like major cuts like difference for me was I I, and like Josh hates me for this but like the first time I saw the good bad and the ugly I was it was the like 80 fucking year long director's cut which is just like more shots of men grimacing in the sun and I was like Jesus Christ (laughs) and then and then I saw like you know, the shorter version. I'm like, okay, I can digest this. Like, I really, I don't like the director's cut. I think it's too much grimacing in the sun. I get it. I get it. Josh I don't think it's work.
1: actually a director's cut. Oh, really? No, I don't think, I, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a free release cut.
0: Okay. Well, then uh, I feel I think better. They just,
1: uh, with, with movies like that, they want to go back and find everything, you know, and right. then when they find it, they want to put it back in. And if it's Doesn't a movie that's dubbed and was shot in a different language, then they have to get some of the people who are still alive to come back and do the voices over again. Uh, and it's, it gets to be, a, to be a big deal. But, you know, the movie was 161 minutes or something when it came out initially.
2: Yeah, the yeah. short version.
1: Uh, and that was the short version. That, yeah. was, that yeah. was not the Italian version. Um, but now I think it's much longer than, a, than it ever was supposed to be.
2: Too long. <laughs> I, I like them both. I mean, the, the revelation was that, you know, in the new version, it's so clearly Tuco's movie. Um, which is not uh, you know, the focus is not as clear clearly just on him, uh, in, in the version we have all seen. Um, uh, but yeah, there's there's a weird moment where I guess they had lost the soundtrack. And so it's you know, the sixty year old Clint Eastwood and eighty five year old uh Eli Wallach having to dub themselves. And Clint still sounds pretty much like Clint. He's like, Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah he was but born so Wallach, like
2: Eli Wallach's voice has, you know. He really sounds like a like an old man in that in that one scene. Well, I guess the they had arc. to find
1: somebody to uh, imitate Hugh Bancleave.
2: Uh, I, yeah, I don't think he's in the scene. They, can't,
1: they
2: can't, No. Uh, yeah, but and that, they also do that in uh, in Spartacus. I love where it's uh, what is it Anthony Hopkins dubbing Lawrence Olivier, and he sounds just like Lawrence Olivier. And then Tony Curtis dubbing Tony Curtis, but he's no longer twenty two year old Tony Curtis. Yeah. He's now old man. He, yeah, uh, I like uh, I like oysters.
0: <laughs> no, I, I remember seeing that and being like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> why, why does he sound like <laughs> Someone that? had to like tell me. They're like, I think like, you read up that later. I'm like, have you been eating cigarettes hey, hard, for 20 it's years? To, it's hard
1: to restore these movies. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, it you know, is. Particularly when the people aren't around anymore. They've changed so much that they, you know, their voice. Well,
2: that's what I'm saying. I think it's better when you use someone else. Like I say, it's like a you
0: know... Sure, just throw Hopkins something in there. Just, just
1: like a Little in there and do everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh okay, so uh one of the big sort of failure fraud thing is uh when someone runs their scam under the moral alibi of someone else. um this sounds sort of okay, so you mentioned the Wizard of Oz earlier, like there's a moral alibi to the wizard like he's like I'm, i I'm just a very bad wizard, like I'm sorry, but he does try to help, um, but he is running a scam um Uh, but, uh, like, I, I, Josh also hates me for this, but, like, as a pure Harold Ramis apologist, I think Ghostbusters is one of the better, I also watched it pathologically as a kid, and I still, I mean, I I probably like Stripes or something better, even though that, that movie is, like, five different movies that fell apart,
1: um, Groundhog Day is better than both of them. Yes.
0: (laughs) Groundhog Day is three movies at least, and none of us ever fit. I mean, he admits that too, but yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. But I like, I love Ramus. but you, in that you've got, um, you know, you've got Bill Murray who is just a hustler, but then he has like these two true believers, of the supernatural. So he can sort of like justify his, uh, his scab of like paranormal studies, which by the way, does exist at some universities. All the, At some public universities, yes, there is some yeah. taxpayer money going to that, um, and it's you know good. But I think the the big one uh, is like it's like network, where there. You do have this one madman who is like really believes that it's like God is speaking to him, and he's he's you know here to lead the people, and he becomes this cult leader. But then he get, becomes surrounded by all of these you know you know uh this, uh fuck I, i'm blanking on the um delig <laughs> or uh you know spangali types that are like scamming around him so they're using his earnestness to run this mm. and of course you've got like evil gorgeous just stunning fade down just like cold ruthless bitch that falls from you know this she not ever be happy and if you really want to be, like, coy about it, it's like you could say that Network is also a showbiz scam movie. Um, and there's all sorts of, like, little little touches there, like the the Black Panther lady. Everyone's just trying to get theirs in. Like, right. everyone's just trying to get theirs in. There's, there's something earnest at the core of it. But then you've got all these little strivers that are trying to sort of uh, make a genuine kind of, like, popular phenomenon, as insane as it is, into something, like, you know, into showbiz and to, to something marketable. And it's like also one of those things where you're like, God damn, they had no idea how right they were about to be. Like they weren't even like, it's, it's not prescient. It's, it, it vastly underestimates the, the extreme uh, degree of kind of like media, um, like carnivalesque media productions that that were bound to develop. Yeah, I mean, they I, didn't I re-watched even have like it. cable news, 24 hour cable news at that point.
2: I I rewatched it recently and it's it's just astonishing that there's nothing in that movie with the possible exception of uh spoiler alert shooting Peter Finch at the end that that isn't already, you know, I mean dated. It's like they're so far past all of that now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the only thing that is timeless is really just like the cynicism of the characters. It's just like, oh yeah, we we still have those really cold blooded people that will just, just, just you know, literally make money off of you know desperate people, you know, following a man's literal nervous breakdown. And I think, well, I think one
1: of the most it. shocking scenes I've ever seen in a movie is just a bunch of people sitting in a room and calmly discussing the fact that they're going to kill him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As
1: if as if they're talking about the stock market, you know.
0: Yeah yeah and, and that, then that,
1: every time every time i see it it
2: all throws me because you're waiting for the beat where someone's gonna go wow oh, you're kidding and it's just you just they're just, nope.
0: yep, it's yep. no it's an option it's on yep. the docket it's item yeah. number three yeah. in, in the meeting it's in the notes yeah, yeah. um and it's just super it's like, like it's cold and like it it's just it it it, it really like makes you hate everyone it's so contemptible and it,
1: and it has Ned, Ned Biddy's speech which is the uh, which a, I have, a, a I summation have of out. the entire uh last 20 years
0: yeah which I I actually quoted that for uh, an article I wrote for Columbia Journalism Review um about why I read the Financial Times and not the New York Times um is because uh the New York Times is sort of a you know it's a paper of like uh, ideology and liberal values and things like that And they believe at their core on some level, or at least a lot of people in the editorial board, believe that the world is a battle between ideas and ideologies. And, you know, it's it's the liberal democracy versus blah, 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 blah. And FT, they're maybe not like on my side politically, but they know it's all about the bottom line. And you just get better news coverage from them because, because they're like, Will this affect the stock market? Will this affect international trade so i I read the capitalist paper, and i I'm a little bit ahead of the game on the people who like consistently read uh The times because there's they' just
2: tend to care about anything <laughs> yeah
0: they i mean yeah, I mean they just they also just know that like what people want and what people believe and what the popular will of people um is is largely secondary to whoever's holding the purse strings and what their interests are. Um, So, you know, it's good to read the bad guy paper sometimes because they're, uh, especially when the bad guy's winning because they're clearly on to something.
1: Well, you want to know what they're up to
0: too. Of course. Yeah. Friends close, enemies closer, that kind of thing. Uh, And my final one, I think this is just to, this is just to annoy Josh. Uh, Fritz the cat. Um, it's also the only actual movie poster I own. Um, great poster. It's a great poster. I actually own the one from Spain, uh, which is very like interesting because it couldn't be released in Spain until after Franco's death for a number of reasons. Uh, one, the whole fascism thing doesn't really allow for a counterculture. Uh, and two, it's a very Jewish movie. Uh, and Franco was not that... Uh, hot on uh, on the Hebrews. Um, but so it came late to Spain after, like, there wasn't really a counterculture. And by the way, the translated title is uh, into Spanish is El Gato Caliente, which just means horny cat. <laughs> which is, I mean, it's pretty, it gets to the point. But I just look at that and it's such like an American artifact. It's such a product of its time. I'm like, what must you have thought after living under weird, conservative catholic like like light fascist uh you know southern european uh piece of shit like have thought watching an orgy scene in like a west village like with a bunch of animals, animals. in a bathtub yeah <laughs> but i also just think it's it's really beautiful i love the animation i love i love bakshi i've always said like everything he's done has been of some value i said that everyone should watch world on mute uh at least once um but this is like the most everything is very textured everything is very muddy and dirty it's no. i think a really good i mean one of the reasons i think our like sort of distanced himself he, he basically said well i never gave permission he totally lied he didn't like the way it turned out and he and he didn't like that it criticized the counterculture but i thought it was a very decent like criticism of the counterculture, and that like a look, a lot of this stuff has gone very rotten and has become something very dark, and you just have this like dumb kid who is he's not even trying to like hustle for money, he wants like notoriety, he wants to find himself and and pussy, like no pun intended like that's why he's or dishonest <laughs> is that he's yeah. sort of trying to get some sort of like credibility or um you know meaning out of life, which is like such a I mean, it's a little bit of a departure, but I still think it fits. He's a fraudulent uh, horny cat. Um but it's also it's just like it's beautiful animation. I love that part of it is just literally documentary. He just did field recordings and then animated over it. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is just the one where there's all these rabbis um talking, which who he who uh, actually animates his dogs, and they look very menacing, which is really strange. I'm like, why do they look so menacing? So one of those rabbis, actually, I mean, they are all rabbis. He was recording a, a conversation between rabbis. Uh, one of them was his uncle, <laughs> uh, and I had. You have to think, like, okay, well, this is. He animated them to look like mean, fucking dogs. This is just daddy issues all over this, <laughs> like all over the animation. It's it's amazing. You see, it's like really personal. I love hearing all the recorded conversations. I think. I think like the weird interstitials where there's just the the crow dancing to, to Bo Diddley. And it's like this very slow zoom in. Um, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's weird. I have no idea how it got made. It's like, it's almost impossible. I think for anyone who hasn't read a decent amount about sixties counterculture to like really get into, but if you are a big, like Thompson fan, it's like, Oh wow, this is, this, also gets to the heart of what went very dark about like the 60s
1: how did it get was it it's a animation it's a, yeah. it's a very small company yeah jerry yeah. gross he, he, he released pictures with titles like i drink your blood yeah uh a and, great title
0: <laughs> not we, as good it, as horny cat but
1: well the double feature was i drink your blood and i eat your skin, eat your skin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there we go yeah you got to give him the one-two punch.
1: Did he do the rats are coming and the werewolves are here? And, and no, but or he or did that... do a sweet, sweet, back, badass. That's
0: right. Oh, okay, I see it, 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 it was, it was,
1: it was, it was, it was sort of an underground, independent movement that was also exploitation. But it was, it was really cutting edge because it was all the stuff was rated X. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah this was the first. It was the first rated X cartoon. Which is just like watching it. And you're like, how do you even? do that like it's not I mean it's also like no I mean it's a dirty little cartoon yep. and they're clearly having fun with like the you know the our kind of like lascivious
2: yeah.
0: thing but it's like it's and now that's like the kiss of death but it was used to market it at the time They're like it's a rated x cartoon and people are like well I gotta go see this really weird um covert criticism of the counterculture
2: yeah, no, I remember as a that. kid, I was fascinated by it because I, I think I'd, I'd stumbled across my dad had a bunch of uh, Zap comics that I had found at an early age. And I was quite fascinated because all the comic books I knew were just, you know, Batman and right. stuff. And then to find out that there was a movie of this insanity that, you yeah. know, none of my friends even knew existed, um, having having to see it. Uh, and I think it did, didn't for many, many years. But it's an interesting film. I always, the thing I always, when I think of it, I always think of, the way he used photographic backgrounds in some of the scenes and you'd have animated characters but but they weren't you know they weren't amazing beautiful locations they were just like grimy filthy new york i love
0: their everything <laughs> too yeah. with like the um like any of the night scenes of the urban scenes or even like the you know on the on the road stuff it just looks like he smeared like dirt over everything but there's still all this texture there's still like there's still like 50 different colors to make that blue, to make that like bleak blue, and honestly, uh, it's just it's a great cartoon, man. <laughs> like it's cartoon. It
2: It's been a long time. It's been a yeah. long time. I always want to like Maxi more than I do. Are you? We even talked about it, but Joe, are you a you a fan? No, no.
0: <laughs> well, we've also talked about how like my favorite movie makers all fall on flat on their face, uh, and and even my favorite movies by them all contain at least a few um like why is that in there that's stupid because that's kind of I I think you kind of get credit for effort like yeah. or at least dynamism and maybe it doesn't get executed well but I appreciate that you did something fucking weird and it, they're yeah. not all gonna, work. I, not did all gonna love, work
2: I loved his mighty mouse I loved that there was a it's time great. when they would let Ralph Bakshi do a Saturday morning cartoon and
0: uh, yeah he needs constraints nothing? though. Like when the, they're like, oh, just do whatever you want. Do and he made yeah. Cool World. And it's like, Jesus, you need you need someone to rein you in, buddy. You need some source material. Yeah.
2: And uh well, Amber, um, thank you. Man, that's uh it's been delightful spending time with all these losers.
0: <laughs> I like losers. <laughs> uh, I like losers and liars and hustlers and conmen, and they're just they're the, they're the funnest movies to
2: me. There's uh yeah, there's a lot of great ones. Um Well, thanks so much for for taking us through some of your favorites, man. This was, this was a blast. And, uh, and we got the equipment working and everything. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. I'm glad you finally have
2: Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi is a good thing to have in 2021.
0: Right? Yeah. yeah so is, so is a car, which uh, I had to buy today as well. So for a while, like there was no overlap. There was almost a period where I didn't have Wi-Fi or a car in Los Angeles. Wow, which is <laughs> just, just just drop me off naked in the woods with a knife. I'd be <laughs> prepared. All right, well, thank you so much for having me. On. Yeah, no, thank you. thanks this so much. Okay, right. right, bye. Bye, kiddo.
2: We're the official podcast of trailersfromhell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies and Me.
0: As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as
2: important to the world as China.